But uh, I want to warn you all today, okay? So this is, uh, this is the week before we're wrapping up Ever Wonder Why, okay? So we've got one more week to go. We'll conclude that next weekend. Uh, but um, I want to warn you, uh, today we've got a lot of scripture that I'm going to be throwing at you. Um, so if I want to encourage you, if you've got a Bible or if you've got your uh, version on your phone, you can always find this on the events tab where you, uh, your scripture will be all in there. Uh, or uh, you can always, of course, uh, take notes, because uh, if you didn't know, it's, uh, it's proven that uh, people that take notes, they get to the front of the line when they get to heaven. They get to get, they, it's, pre, it's like pre-check-in, you know what I mean? It's like, you know how Disney got, you, you can like cut, a, cut the line to get to the ride, it's kind of fast pass, it's kind of like, like that. So, uh, but that's, uh, that only happens though if you take notes, so, so that's, that's your challenge today. So I don't know, uh, so it, it, the weather's warming up. And I don't know if you're like me. Uh, I love the fact that the weather's warming up, but y- you go, get to go outside some, and you know. Uh, but you ever have those moments where you kind of are asking God, like, God, why, right? Why? Like you're outside, you're enjoying a perfectly wonderful time in your backyard, and then all of a sudden you are just like got mosquitoes out of this world coming. And of course, this whole, whole time as you're swatting and you're sitting there and you're like. God, I, I know you created all things for purpose, but God, why? What is the purpose of these things? Or, or uh, you ever had it uh, where, again, if you're like me, we, we kind of live a little bit in the woods. And, and so uh, you ever found one of those creepy crawly ticks crawling up your leg? And it's guaranteed also that the second you find one of those things crawling up your leg, that the rest of the day you think something's on you. Like I just, it's always, you know, like I got that phantom stuff, right? Or if you are true woodsman, like if you really love to get out in nature, uh, the ever-present chiggers, you ever get those things? And you're just sitting there going, oh, Lord, what is the purpose of all of this? Well, I can, I had one of those moments uh, this week, uh, uh, both with bugs and something else, and, and, and so I, I even had a moment this week where it was uh, uh, one of those, uh, I was in the laundry room, uh, bending over, and if you see the giant bruise that's in the center of my forehead today, that's yeah, from a, a metal prong that apparently I forgot was there that I stabbed my whole face right into, and I'm sitting there going, why? Why is this thing here? And the simple answer is it's always been there. I just wasn't paying attention. And so I get to do stuff like that from time to time, right? But we, we, we generally see this. Uh, I, I know that we all have experienced this question in one form or another. Actually, we, we technically have two questions we're going to be looking at today with our Ever Wonder Why series. Uh, the first one is this. We wonder about purpose of other stuff, but we also wonder what is our purpose? What is my purpose? Maybe you've not asked it in that direct form, but you've wondered it. I guarantee you have because we all kind of go through life to this, uh, this spot or this, this point where we kind of get there. And, and, and the, the issue that we have with when it comes to our purpose is really it causes us to kind of reflect on our lives and the way we live our lives. Because if we, we basically say, what is our purpose? And, and we, one of the, the thoughts is, is like, well, you know, it's just to to kind of like get what I want, like to, to, to be able to, to kind of, in my view of the world, I, I just kind of want to be here for kind of a good time. I want to go live the best life I can. I want to just, just, just go out and just eat all the food and drink all the drink and travel all the travel and vacation, all the vacation that I can, and to just accumulate all that I can accumulate. And then, I mean, that's kind of what I've come up with so far. But the problem is, is, I know that if you've done that, you also have this kind of nagging sense that there's maybe something not 100% right in your life. And see, at Discover, 
we basically kind of put it this way. Our goal for each and every person that's in the room, it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, what stage of life you're in, is we want everybody to, to know God. We want everyone to have that, that not just the head knowledge of who God is or who Jesus is, but we want you to have that real relationship with him, right? We want you to be able uh, to find freedom. And, and freedom, by the way, is not just this one of the things. Sometimes we associate when we hear the word freedom that like, oh, freedom was just like maybe if I had an addiction and I need to get freedom from my addiction. No, here's the problem is that we all have walked through things in our lives that have caused us to kind of get bogged down. They cause us to have tunnel vision and see the world only in one different or one direction. The problem is, is God says, no, 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 you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be able to, to see it from my point of view, but you have to have some freedom from your past and from the choices that you've made and from the experiences that you've dealt with, which is why one of the small groups we have coming up here soon is going to be Freedom Group, and uh, everybody, everybody should go through Freedom Group at least one time, if not multiple, because we need you to find freedom. We also want you to discover your purpose, because believe it or not, you're not here by accident, there's no like, you know, God didn't make a mistake by putting you on this earth at this particular time that you actually have a purpose. Uh, and then we also want you to use that purpose to do what? To make a difference, to make a difference. Because ultimately, really, for, for me, it, it, I want you to know that life is not just paying bills. Uh, it's not just raising kids. It's not just not just vacations, but there is a purpose to it. And so really for me, I, I, I see this as your ultimate purpose, the ultimate purpose of your life. The ultimate purpose of my life is this. It is simply to make a difference. In fact, this isn't in your, in your notes or anything like that. This is a free one for you today. Uh, listen, we sometimes we forget that when God created Adam and Eve, like we think sometimes it was a science experiment. Like God was just like, what do we do? I don't know. Let's just make two people. Let's put them here. Let's just see what happens. No, no, no. No, you know what it was? He, they had purpose. In fact, God, God told them that to what? To multiply, to subdue the earth. And he says, listen, you have a purpose here. Go out and do it. Like actually make it, it, it. Basically, you know what he told Adam and Eve? Go make a difference in this world. And he tells you exactly, you and I, the same, the same thing. In fact, Here's what it says in a slightly different version. This is a verse we, you don't maybe think of in this. But we see the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 10 says this. It says that God isn't unjust, but he also, guess what? He's not going to forget your work. And, and, and he says, and the love that you have shown him. And it says, as you've helped his people and you continue to help them. So what I want to talk about with you for a little bit today is, is a, kind of the purpose to our lives. And really the purpose to our lives comes down to this. Uh, when I think purpose, I don't know about you, but I, I just kind of naturally gear in the way of what, what's, what's called your legacy. Everybody, ever, everybody wants legacy, don't they? Everybody, everybody wants some legacy. You want to leave a legacy when you're all done? Okay, three of you do. That's good. The rest of you, I'm glad you just grow in moss until you die. That's okay. That's good. No, but here's what we know, right? We know that it, when it all comes down we want to we leave a legacy. But the thing that we often forget is we think that there's only one kind of legacy. Did you know there's actually two kinds of legacy? See, there's the first kind of legacy, which is what people remember about you once you're gone. Now, this is great, right? This is something we should strive for because we want people, we want to make such a difference in this world that people that we interact with, they remember us and, and it can inspire others. Like, listen, if you grew up here in the Delmarva area, you would know that there has been some families 
that have made a tremendous legacy difference here in our area. Uh, maybe some of you have heard of this company, this little company called DuPont, right? Uh, DuPont is one of those companies that started in Delaware, and, and it's a legacy company because guess what? The DuPont company actually infused a lot of money in infrastructure. Uh, there, by the way, there's a reason that one of the main highways to the state is called what? The DuPont Highway, right? Because it, it, guess what they did? They helped to leave a legacy behind. Another family that you probably know here on the Eastern Shore, the Purdue family. Family, right? The chicken people, right? Now, you, what you might not know about the Purdue family is that they have this huge branch of their charitable arm of their, of their business. And did you know that on the eastern shore uh, that they have actually sponsored millions of dollars to rural churches to actually help refund, re refurbish, and to replenish uh, local churches? See, but we don't necessarily all know that because when it happens, we get some press about it, but we don't think it, it becomes kind of sometimes part of history. So that's the only downfall to legacy with people we know, our legacy with people we know kind of becomes like history and something that, yeah, we did once one time that so-and-so did this this time. But how many of you know there's actually a, another form of legacy, right? The other form of legacy is actually what God remembers once you're gone, once you're done this earth. And, and the incredible part about this is, is unlike the, the human aspect of legacy, the legacy from God is, guess what? He doesn't forget it. He holds on to it. In, in fact, uh, Romans actually writes it like this, Romans 14, verses 11. It says that it is written that as surely as I live, says the Lord, that guess what? We say, and we, we quote this part, that every knee is going to bow before me. Every tongue is going to confess and acknowledge God. But then guess what it says after that? See, we love that part. Like, oh, yeah, Jesus, every knee and every tongue. But no, no, what's it go on to say? It actually says, so then each of us, by the way, if you don't know, each of us, us is you and it's me, that we're actually going to give an account of ourselves to God, that we're actually going to have to stand before him. And so if you don't know what I'm saying today is that there's more to this thing that we call life than just life, just living, just sitting here and just kind of seeing how many times around the sun we can make it before it's all said and done with. But I know what happens, and I only know this because it's, it happens to me. See, we have an enemy. And the enemy wants to whisper into your ear, and the enemy wants to tell you things like, oh, you know, you're not good enough to do any of that. You're not talented enough, or you don't have the right family, right? You don't have the right family. How many of you have ever thought, I don't have enough money to do any of that stuff? Like, listen, if, you're, if you want to live in my head for a little bit, dude, you're just from Millsboro, Delaware, Oh, Millsboro, you gotta say it, say it like Del Delaware, you know what I mean? Or you could be from Gumboro. Come on, y'all have a fire station. You don't even have a you don't even have a post office, and you're just like I'm just I'm just from Gumboro. What what can I possibly offer? What could I possibly do here in this life that's gonna make a difference? And, and so really, it, it causes us to ask what I think is the second question: is that why why would God use me? Why would, we, why would he use me? And can I tell you right now, this is like a whole message series in itself because guess what? The fact of the matter is, is we, especially in the United States, not just here, but especially here, we have an understanding, an identity problem. See, we think that we get to pick who we want to be and what we're thinking. No, no, no. That's not at all what scripture says. It says, God, it says that God has created you on purpose 
for a purpose. He knows every hair on your head. For some of us, that's more than others. That's okay, though. But guess what? You have, like, he, he, he formed you to be you, not to be somebody else, not for you to, to kind of pick and choose what you want to do or what you, but we have an identity issue. We don't recognize who we are in him because, again, the enemy wants to come to us and say, oh, you, you don't know enough of the Bible, you know, oh, you don't really have this great talent, you know. Oh, c- come on, you still lose your temper, right? Occasionally, you know, you, you, you have those doubts in your mind, and you wonder, is this thing really real? You sit there, and you sit to yourself, and you think, oh, I, I, I'm no spiritual giant. Like, what can I possibly offer here? I, I'm so messed up. I'm still messed up. And, and if you ever think that, can I congratulate you and tell you that, guess what, good news there's everybody, everybody that you find in here has all the same problems that you and I have and worse. In fact, one of the things I love is that I love, if you're insecure, you know what I love? I love that God uses the insecure. And by the way, if you don't believe me, you should look up about a guy who had a speaking problem who actually went out and God called him. He spoke to him through this weird thing of burning bush. His name was Moses. By the way, if you think you're bad, guess what? He killed somebody. He was a murderer. And you're like, well, at least I can check that off my box. The Lord, I'm not a murderer. That's, that's good, right? Well, one of the other incredible things is that guess what God loves to do? He loves to use the unlikely. He loves to use the unlikely. He loves to, to use guys like David, who when, when the prophet came to anoint a king, they didn't even think, they didn't even bother to tell David anybody was coming to the house. Like, David, you just stay outside. Yeah, you ain't up to, you, you ain't got no good, and there's no use for you. Just stay out there. No, no, he loves to use the insecure. He loves to use the unlikely. He loves, can I tell you, he loves to use the broken. Because see, in in God's story, the incredible thing is you got guys like Peter who are looking at Jesus and Jesus, I love you. I'm never going to go against you, Jesus. I'm with you to the end. Let's go, Jesus. Let's go. Let's go. Jesus says, bro, you don't even know. You're not even going to make it like the next 48 hours without denying me. And I love it because even after all this, Peter denies Jesus, and Peter is crushed because he knows that he's messed up. And what I love is he's able to still look at Jesus on the cross, and Jesus is still like, no, Peter, you don't understand. I still love you. You still have purpose. You're still going to be used to make a difference in this world that no one is ever going to be able to forget the difference that you're actually making because what I love is that God uses the unlikely to do the incredible things but the fact of the matter is, is we all have to recognize that Hebrews chapter 9 says that, guess what? That man is destined to die once. And then after that, guess what happens? You face judgment. So today, when it comes to your purpose, when it comes to your legacy, can I, can I tell you something today? Can I tell you that all of us are going to have the opportunity to be able to stand in front of the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the holiest of the most holy, the one who created the foundations of the heaven and the earth, and he's going to look at you point blank, and he's going to ask you a question, and he's going to say, what is it that you did with my son? What was it? Because you had the opportunity, you were part of this incredible place called Discover Church, led by this incredibly handsome pastor that constantly was preaching. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I couldn't say that with a straight face, right? But he's going to look at you and he's going to say, guess what, you heard it, but what did you do about it? 
You know what I love about this? I love that even Jesus, in his teachings, listen, people got to stand and hear and listen the Son of God. And I love it because Jesus actually looks out at him and he says, y'all don't even know. Because in Matthew chapter 7, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying there, a lot of you are going to say things, and you're going to act like you were part of the team, and you were going to act like you did all this. God, didn't we do great stuff for you? And Jesus is going to say, I'm going to have to tell you that I didn't actually know you. Like, I know you thought you were doing some great stuff, and you thought, but you actually didn't know me. You didn't have that relationship with me. So you need to be able to say that you knew him personally. But then here's the, the next part, right? Because that's only the first part of the question that God's going to ask us. The second part of the question God's going to ask us is he's going to say, well, what is it that you did with what I gave you? What is it that you did with this? Because here's the issue that we think is you think that when you bring your paycheck home, it's yours. <laughs> it's not. You think that when you wake up for the next day, when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to wake up and some of you are going to mistakenly think that tomorrow is your day. It isn't your day. The ground that you walk on, guess what? It's not your ground. You might have the deed in your hand, but it don't matter. You know why? Because there's going to be a day when you are gone and guess what else? It's still going to be here. It's still going to be all these things. It, so the, the question is, is God says, what, what is it that you're going to do with, what did you do with what I gave you? And what I love here, and this is something that I don't think we appreciate fully because we get so caught up in day-to-day -day life, right? 2 Corinthians actually says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says that first we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, this is where God, again, and he's going he's gonna to give you that first question. And, and, and what's going to happen is that each one of you may receive what is due him for the things done while in this body. And here's the second part. It says, whether good or what? Say that last word. Or bad. We don't want, I don't want to be on the bad list. I don't need that. I don't want that. No, no, no. I, I want to be on the Lord. Like, can we judge the good stuff? Let's not judge the bad stuff, God. But he actually, Jesus actually explains this a little bit better. And I, I love the, he, he did this to help give us some, some understanding. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, Jesus says that for the Son of Man is actually going to come in his Father's glory. This is when he's talking about the return. And then it says that he's actually going to do what? He's going to, so what's that R word right there? What's it say? Reward. He's going to do what? He's going to reward each person according to what he has done. So wait a second. You're saying, Pastor Curtis, that what I do in this life can actually make a difference in, in like for the forever? Yes, absolutely. That's in one of the incredible things I love about the gospel. One of the things I love about the way God, who in his brilliance set this whole thing up, is that I don't know if you ever follow the stock market. By the way, if you do, don't. <laughs> it's just so bad. You got your retirement plan. Boy, you better be, care be careful. Make sure you're really in a strong spiritual space that to open that envelope or to click on that email to receive what you got going on there. Because, because we know that, that stock markets can be great when they're going up, right? But how many of you know stuff ain't so cool when it goes down? 
So we start freaking out a little bit. We start panicking a little bit. And we, we start kind of going through this thing where we go, what are we going to do? But no, one of the things that's incredible here is God says, no, no, if you can, can make some deposits with me, then guess what? You're going to have this thing, the, the E-R-O-I. You know what that is? That's the eternal return on investment. See, because one of the incredible things is, is God says, no, no, when you use the things that I've given you to, do, to make a purpose in the lives of other people, when you use it to love other people and devote yourself to other people, then you get this eternal return on investment. In fact, Jesus, again, I want to give you lots of words Jesus says because I want you to make sure that you get this, that this is not me preaching this. this is Jesus is the one who's de declaring this over our lives. Okay, Jesus actually says it like this, Matthew chapter 6, where he says, don't store up yourselves treasures on earth. Now, of course, some of you are like, Pastor Curtis, I ain't got no treasures on earth. <laughs> My bank account got $3.12 right now. I got a quarter tank of gas, and I got uh, some tasty cakes at home. That's, uh, so I, I count that all to my glorious reward. Okay, that's good. That's good, but you have more than that. You do, because he says, if we store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, in other words, where stuff just breaks away, where thieves actually come in and steal, then what is that all for? Nothing. He says it's just, it's just nothing. He says ultimately it, just, it doesn't mean anything. But he actually said, what are we supposed to do? To store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, treasures in heaven sounds good, but the problem, of course, with treasures in heaven is it's hard to, to, to receive into your checking account for treasures in heaven, isn't it? Right? But that's why it's a future investment. He says, where moth and rust don't destroy, this is where thieves can't break in and steal because we have to ultimately come up with a strategy and a plan to our lives, especially when it comes to living, because I don't know if you realize that it is really easy to waste today. Anybody ever had a wasted day where you like woke up and you were just like, and all of a sudden you were like, wow, the sun is set. It's over already. Like if you have ever gone on vacation to a really expensive place, this has happened to you. You wake up, you're like, yeah, this is all. And then it's over. You're like, what? <laughs> we, we did all this for that. Like what's going on? Like what, what just happened? Every, I don't know about you, but every Saturday is that day for me. You wake up, Saturday is so fresh with possibilities, and you're going to go conquer the world. And next thing you know, you're like, man, it's over. <laughs> oh, I guess we're going to go start the week again. <laughs> right? It's so easy. But how, how easy is it then for us, if we can waste a day like that, if we waste that time, how easy is it for us to waste a week? How easy is it for us to waste a month? I don't know if you've ever had that happen where all of a sudden, especially, you know, I, I think it's this weird thing that happens in our brain. It, you know, it's a scientific fact that as you get older, your concept of time speeds up. That's why for older people, you're like, it was just 2020, like five minutes ago. What happened? If we're not careful, guess what happens? All of a sudden you blink three times and the lifetime is gone. And you're sitting here wondering, what did I do? Where do so guess what we have to do? We have to be intentional. We have to be so intentional every single day. And I know that it's so hard because here's what we know. We know that if we're not intentional, it is so easy for us to drift because we just drift into what feels easy and what feels comfortable and what just kind of flows. And so what is, what is, what is our kind of commandment here? What are we supposed to do? What does scripture tell us is like our steering direction that we should do? The first one is, is guess what? We have to intentionally give. Now, I need you to know that when I say intentionally give, am I talking about money? Yes. 
Am I only talking about money? No. See, we automatically hear give and we just think dollars and cents in our head, but it, it's more than just that. We actually have to be intentional in all areas of our lives because 2 Corinthians tells us that, guess what? You will be made rich in every way so that you can sit on a beach for half of your life and get the best tan that you've ever had. And you, like, you, you'll be the tannest, you'll be the slickest person, you'll look so good, that's why I'm going to make you rich in every way. No. Why is he going to do it? Because guess what? He wants to make you rich in every way so that you can do in what? Be generous in which occasions? Some occasions? A few occasions? What is it? Every occasion. So how do you, well, what is this basically saying? Basically, this, this is God saying, guess what? I'm going to deposit some stuff with you. I'm going to give you some time. I'm going to give you some talent. I'm even going to let you have some money come in. And guess what? I'm not doing all of this thing so that you can think that you're just going to have the sweetest, coziest lifestyle that you ever did have. No, I'm actually giving you this thing so that in turn, guess what you can do? You can give it, give it out so that you can be generous in every occasion so that through your generosity, guess what's going to happen? Because you're generous, people are going to say, boy, there's something different about you. So there's something different about you. So that maybe we should we should find out what it is the difference is. That's where it says in the scripture that there's going to be thanksgiving to God. You know why there's thanksgiving to God? It's not because oh you you did good you 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 did a clothing drive and you you clothed some people. That's cool. No no. It's because God says no. Because of this, people are going to look at you and they're going to know that you're different. That there's something odd about you. I think it's Dave Ramsey. Uh, Dave Ramsey, who, uh, who had this uh, a quote, and if I misquote him, I apologize, but he said something to the effect of, like, if you don't tell your money where to go, guess what you're going to do? You're going to wonder where it went. I don't know if you've ever had that. Like, you ever put $20 in your wallet, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, I got $20. Present. Where'd it go? <laughs> it's gone. It vanished. It vanished on me. So here's what we know. Here's what we do with our money, and this is going to be real quick because I got one more point I want to give you, Okay. Five things that we tend to do with our money. The first one, say it with me. We what? We spend it. Come on. We love to spend the money. Some of us love to spend it more than others. That's okay. We're, we'll, we're going to have prayer at the altar for some of us, okay? We need uh, husbands. Don't just lead your lives up, wives up here, okay? Let's, we, we need to pray. But we love to spend it. We love to do what? We love to repay debt. Okay, we don't love to repay debt, but we have to repay debt, right? It's one of those things. If we don't repay that debt, what are they going to do? They're going to come, come looking for us, right? We also know that we got to pay taxes. Uh, some of us are more joyous about that than others, and some of us find more creative ways to do that than others. We also know that we, we want to save it, right? Because, of course, we need to save it for that rainy day. And then the fifth thing that we tend to do is we tend to give it. Can I tell you that the vast majority of us live with our money in this order? Can I tell you the only problem with this order is this it's backwards, it's so backwards because so often we get it, and that's where we go. We sit there and we go, okay, well, well, I, I know that we're going to go out, and, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't pack any lunch today, so I, I got to go make sure I get my Jesus chicken at Chick-fil-A today. And then, and then after I do that, you're like, oh, and then, oh, wait a second, but I got to make sure we didn't pay the insurance payment so on the car, and we don't want that to lapse, so we need to make sure we pay that. And then, of course, you know, we'll make sure that we're being prepared according to uh, so the government gets their half, and then we'll save some of it. And then, well, Jesus, I got about $5 left over. Here you go. Can I tell you the problem is, is, is that's not being very intentional, having an intentional mindset. 
the intentional mindset is we flip this because if we do it one way, it's me first, collectors, then government, me fourth, and then others. And it and, and actually is supposed to be the other way because 1 Corinthians tells us this. 1 Corinthians 16.2 says that on the first day of every week that each one of us should set aside a sum of money, keeping with your income, that we should save it. And then when the, the collections come, that we actually have some at the end of it here. And it, it's funny that it actually like literally reverses the order of how so many of us operate. But we have to be intentional. Because I don't know if you're like me. By the way, my wife was really brave. This past weekend, she let me go shopping. She let me go grocery shopping, y'all. And can I tell you that it was both uh, somewhat uh, somewhat thrilling because I got to pick, okay? But it was also, like, heartbreaking because you get up to the register and you're like, oh, <laughs> I think we just spent a whole week's salary on, like, I hope this feeds us for more than a week. Like, tell our kids, like, y'all better, I'm going to start rationing your food. You better be on the lookout. But we have to be intentional, because if not, guess what it does? It slips through our fingers. But guess what else we also have to do? We have to intentionally serve other people. Jesus says that this is a command. My command is that you love each other as what? I have loved you. What kind of love did Jesus offer? Think about that for a second. You know one of the incredible things about Jesus? Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Jesus took the opportunity not just to wash their feet, but guess what he did? He fed people. You know one of the incredible things that Jesus did is he spent so much that we see in the Gospels of speaking life into other people. Did you know that Jesus taught kids ministry? By the way, you don't believe me Jesus taught kids to me? Why do you think kids are always climbing on Jesus? Uh. By the way, that's not, that, that was so against societal norms at the time. That would have been like, you don't do that. What are you doing? No, Jesus taught kids ministry. Can I, we're getting close to the end. Can, can, I, can I be honest with you for a second? You okay if I step on your toes? One of the ways in which I judge myself when it comes to pastoring people. Now, recognize that I, I, I judge myself because I need to have some sort of metric to know, like, how am I doing? Like, am I blowing this thing? Because I know that I need to be intentional because it's not just about me. But one of the ways that I, I judge myself is by judging how well we as a church are giving and how well we're serving. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not a shakedown today. <laughs> this is not me trying to scold you as a church. Because guess what? We are a generous church. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but we, 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 we gave last year more than 20 some odd thousand. It's like $25,000, $26,000 away to missions and to our community. But can I tell you, that's good. But guess what? We can do better. Can I also tell you that not it's just 
how much you how much we do giving but it's the serving aspect because ultimately that's what we are called to do this this gathering of people that we call discover church on sundays is not about sundays in fact sundays i tried to make sundays meaningful and impactful and important but guess what we can't forget there's six other days to the week You know what I've often wondered? I, I've been in ministry for a while now. I, I, we're, well, we're, we get ready to work almost 20 years of marriage, so it's about 20 years of ministry. And, and, and so for that, you know one of the things that I've often wondered? Why is it that the church, especially in the United States, why is it that every single church has a problem staffing kids' ministry? I've often wondered that. And you know why I kind of think it happens? I think it happens simply because this is we don't see the intentionality of our actions. We don't know what, we don't realize that, that every single day and every single week counts. That's why next week, by the way, on Mother's Day, I'm going to be giving your kids as much sugar as they can handle if they're in the back. Because guess what? I'm teaching kids ministry. I'm in K through fifth next week. And you know why? Why? One, because I love your kids. But two, because guess what? There was a need. And here's what I'm going to do. I want to make sure that I lead you by example. Because I'm never going to go somewhere that, I don't, that I'm going to ask you to go. We're not going to take a mountain where I'm like, yeah, if you guys could go clear that mountain for me and I'll come behind you. No, 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 no. If we're going to go do something, guess what? My family, we're on the front lines. We're going to be right there with you. But guess what that means? That means we have to form an intentional purpose here where we say, guess what? We're going to do like it says in 1 Timothy, where it says, tell them to use their money to do good. And guess what else they should do? They should be rich in good works. They should be happy to, uh, they should give happily to those in need, as always ready to share with others whatever God has given them. Because guess what? By doing this, guess what happens to us? We store up something. Is it going to be in your m and Bank account or your Bank of America account or you're going to be able to go get that debit card and swipe it there. No, no, no. But guess what it says? It says you'll be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. Because this is the only safe investment for eternity. Would you stand with me this morning? I want you to do something as we're wrapping up here. I want you to say something out loud with me. I want you to say this word. I want you to say, I will never miss what I invest in eternity. Will you say that? I will never miss what I invest in eternity. But guess what? If you're going to invest in eternity, you have to make a deposit. See, I, I think so often in life, we picture ourselves like we're in a stadium. Now, I want you to imagine yourselves as we're closing here. Picture whatever sport you love. If you don't love a sport, pick any sport you want. Football, soccer, baseball. And imagine yourself up in the stands at, at, at this event. And see, so often the problem is we pick ourselves in the stadium and say, you know, I love going to baseball games. You know why? Because I can go, I can get the food that I want, I can come, we can have such a great time, we can talk, and we can, we can hang out, and we can just cheer everybody on, let's go. You know the problem is, is Christ did not call you to sit in the stands. 
The problem is, is we think sometimes life is a spectator sport, and in fact, it's not. In fact, you don't realize it, but you're the star player. You're out on the field. You're supposed to be the one hitting home runs. You're supposed to be the one that's, that's running the ball 99 yards for a touchdown. You're, you, that's you. You can let other people cheer you on, but that's not supposed to be us. So what do we do? I know some of you are like, Pastor Curtis is mad with us. I'm not. But here's what I know. I know that anytime we want to start talking about our purpose, and I, I, I'm passionate about purpose. I am. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I love talking about purpose because I feel so often we, we squander and we waste it. So what is your next steps? Guess what some of us need to do? Some of us need to be water baptized because you've accepted Christ, but you've never taken the next step. That's it. Get signed up. Guess what? Some of us need to go through growth track. And listen, we, we love that you're here at Discover Church, but guess what we want? We don't want you just to be here. We want you to be on the team, the go team. We want you to serve. We want, we want to get you on a team where you can love people, where you can make all the cups of coffee, and you can smile and greet, and you can serve people, and we can go out and, and love on people in our community. But guess what? We, you, we got we to gotta see how that goes. You can be part of the more than 20-plus people every single week that it makes to make a Sunday happen. Because every single time those people show up, guess what they are? They're working on their EROT, their eternal return on investment. And some of us have been through growth track, but you're still only pseudo-serving. You're kind of like, kind of here, kind of not. Well, can I tell you, church, this is my call to wake you up and say, come on, let's go. God is blessing us here at Discover Church, and we're growing, but guess what? We can only do it if we go together. We have some incredible things coming up. We got the youth is doing barbecue chicken. They're looking for people to come on. Come on, barbecue some chicken up, serve that mess up, and do it in the love of Jesus. We got some people that we're going to be serving Little League teams. By the way, we, we adopt Little League teams in Millsburg and Georgetown, not because we want the name on the back of a shirt. You know why? Because we want to love on some kids. We show up, we give them juice boxes and candy, and we say, go home and wreak havoc. No, we, we just say, well, guess what? We love you. We love you. Guess what? We're not just supposed to be here for you on Sundays. We're here for you the other six days of the week. Guess what? Small groups are coming up. And guess what? The goal here for small groups, don't just hear about them and say, oh, that's good to know. Get involved. Let's do this thing. But guess what? It all starts. It all starts with realizing that you, you have a purpose. You know that pain that you've went through? That pain that you went through was not for nothing. It has a purpose because God wants to use you and he wants to use that story. So I want to ask if you, would you, would you just close your eyes with me? And I just pray right now, Heavenly Father, that you are going to speak to each and every person in this room. That you are going to, every person maybe that's watching this online because they weren't able to be in the room today, Lord God, that you are going to speak purpose into your sons and daughters. Lord God, help us to realize that we were not born in this time for any sort of accident. Lord God, there is no such thing as retirement in the kingdom of God. Amen. That Lord God, as long as we have breath in our lungs, that guess what? You've called us to go out of this world, Father God. That you've called us to, to have purpose to our lives. Not to just live from sun up to sundown, Father God. We're not a park, Father God. We are actually, this is an army, Father God, that you've raised up, Father God. And not one, yes, we're going to go raise spiritual warfare, but we're coming as an army to love on those who are lost and far from 
from you, Father God. Lord, from the very smallest to the very oldest, Father God, allow us to have this burden and passion for the next generation of students that are coming, Father God. For our elementary, our middle school and high school students right now, Lord God, my heart breaks, Father God, for God, what you're doing in middle schools and high schools all across our nation, Father God, and all that they're going through, Lord, help us be a standard bearer here in Sussex County, Lord God. Lord, allow other churches to rise up with us, Father God. Lord God, I, I, my goal in prayer right now, Father God, today is that you're going to help equip us, Father God, so that, Lord God, we're not just looking at, at children saying, oh boy, isn't that nice, but Father God, we recognize that you've called them, Father God, that they have purpose in their life. Lord God, for every cup of coffee that is served and every bottle of water that's gone out, Father, for every bush that's ever trimmed, Father God, for every pond that's ever cleaned, for every piece of trash that we ever pick up on the side of the road, Father, help us to realize that we don't just do it because it seems like a nice thing. But Father God, because you've called us and you're asking us, you're looking at us going, man, the bank account is ready. Are you ready to make a deposit into your eternal reward? Are you ready to actually store some treasures up here, Father? Father God, and let us commandingly answer that call as yes. Let us yes. Lord God, we say yes and amen. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, let's sing this chorus as we close out today.